So this past weekend, we were at one of those indoor water parks. It's kind of getting cold, so y'all know we got to go inside. Anyway, my uh, two little girls were with us, and there are all these little kids running around. And I was just watching my oldest. She's eight years old. And seeing how easy it was for her to make friends. I mean, yeah, there was some hesitation at the beginning. But for the most part, a couple of glances, a couple of strategic splashes. She made friends so easy. And I kept thinking about how cool it was that kids for the most part, can instantly have a lot of fun together, be friends. And I've seen this too with her more long-term friendships from school in the neighborhood that she's very forgiving and a lot of her friends are forgiving. They'll be fighting one minute and their friends the next. I just think it's so cool watching kids how easy it seems to build connection, to have meaningful relationships. But then we get old, right? Sometimes we deny that we need these relationships. But the truth is, it seems like The older we get, the smaller and smaller that circle becomes. And yet the need for that connection, those friendships, it's still there. Today, I connected with a couple of researchers who have been spending some time researching connection. And they have a tip on how you and I, yeah, us old folks, can cultivate meaningful relationships. And yeah, good relationships, you know, they make your brain happy. Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Heather Parody, and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into the simple hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. Hey, y'all, welcome to today's episode of Happy Brain. I am so grateful that you are here. My name is Heather Parody. I am your host, and we are going to explore today one tip that is going to help you cultivate meaningful relationships in your life so that you can stay mentally healthy. But before we get started, I am so excited that we launched a new community completely free for our listeners because we want to hear from you. We want to connect with you, hear what's going on in your life, hopefully build some friendships and cultivate meaningful relationships. Wow, that sounded really creepy. I promise you we're not a dating service. We, of course, are teamed up with Tiny Leaps Big Changes, and we have a free Discord community that is open right now. You can share episode requests, give us feedback, and support each other on your mental health journey. And again, membership is 100% free. All you have to do, head over to tlbc.co forward slash community. That is linked in the show notes and join. Again, that is tlbc.co forward slash community. Okay, I connected with Ashley Palethra, who is a therapist and PhD candidate in clinical psychology at the Catholic University of America, and Dr. Edward Brodkin, he said to call him Ted, and he's an associate professor of psychiatry at the University of Pennsylvania. And I asked them, they said that both of them had worked together at a previous university doing research. And although they separated ways are now at different universities, they decided to spend the past year or so researching connection and co-authoring a book called Missing Each Other. What a perfect time in history to release a book on connection. Anybody in the back? But they said they had one tip that was really, really going to help us improve our relationships. They said it was called relax, aware, and listen. And they said this is a reminder that before having a conversation with someone, we needed to remind ourselves to, again, relax, aware, and listen. And they said that this would set us up for a, quote, well-attuned chat. But wait, hold up. A well-attuned chat? What's a well-attuned chat? 
I think what we mean by this is feeling really in sync and in tune with someone when you're speaking to them. And, and it could be with a family member, a loved one, or a colleague, or even just an acquaintance or stranger. But I think anytime that you have a chat, our goal is to really connect, to really see that other person, to understand them, and then ideally feel that same way ourselves. A lot of the people that we work with clinically or just the conversations that we've had with friends and family members ourselves, you know, people have been having a very hard time focusing in conversation. And I think a lot of that comes from the distractions that we have around us, especially with technology and the devices around us constantly grabbing our attention, our to-do lists that are oftentimes growing and never ending, the global events that we have going on and the stressors that have just made you know, our typical daily routines challenging. And so our goals as clinicians and researchers are to really help people figure out, well, how do I get back those connections and strengthen my ability to really, you know, be in tune with someone no matter how short or long I'm, I'm with them. Okay, before we dig into relax, aware, listen, I wanted to hear from Dr. Brodkin, oh, Ted, I'm sorry. It's always weird calling somebody who is a doctor like their first name because you know they went through a lot to get that doctor. But Ted, studying connection within the context too of like a digital landscape, we just came through a pandemic and even without that, we're becoming more and more digital as a culture. And I think it's so interesting to figure out what does it mean to be a human online? I mean, I'm old. I can remember talking to real life people. But for the most part nowadays, it's like we're learning how to build connection digitally. We evolved to connect in person, right? When most of our evolution, we didn't have these online devices. But in some ways, the online connections have been lifesavers, right? During COVID-19, like we've been able to stay in touch with people by voice, by video, in a way that we couldn't have without this technology. So I think we think of the technology as kind of a double-edged sword. It's got its good sides. It's got its bad sides. It can bring people together, but we don't have the richness of cues from the other person that we do in person. So I think the challenge of it is to try to make the most of it. When we have online or video chats to try to really, as Ashley said, tune in, try to really pay attention and take in as many cues as you can online and try to not be distracted by other tabs on your screen and all the other things you, that could draw you away. All right. Okay. Back to relax, aware, and listen. I wanted to hear from Ashley. How do I use this and how does this help me for a more well-attuned chat? So you can think of it as a bit of a grounding technique. I think sometimes when we're in conversation, we're sort of floating through, we're getting distracted by our own thoughts and whatever else is around us. So it's just a little bit of a short phrase to help remind yourself to not feel so stressed in the moment. So for the three words, thinking about first, relax. I'm going to try and relax myself. That means physically relax my body, try and straighten my back, loosen my neck and my shoulders, release that tension from yourself. Because if you start with that, then you're going into that conversation more open with someone else. And then being aware of both yourself, how you're feeling in that moment, how the other person is feeling and communicating, and then of course, listening. But one of the biggest themes that we talk about in the book is all of those things, the relaxation, the awareness and the listening requires balancing attention to yourself 
and the other person. So you really want to be keeping in mind, you know, how am I feeling in this moment? Because that's going to help facilitate a better attuned connection with the other person as well. Because if you're all over the place, if you're feeling really stressed and tense, it's going to be hard to connect with somebody else. (sighs) Relaxed. Okay, y'all listen. Y'all know I'm type A. You know, us type A folks, we got to get we got to get a checklist. How do I know I am relaxed? Like Ashley said, you start with your body. You start, um, the, the simple steps we take is we say, um, feel like your head is gently suspended from above and relax your shoulders down. And then as you take a breath in, just be aware of like your belly sort of expanding a little bit as you breathe in and just relaxing back. And if you do that for a few breaths, I think you can just start to feel, most people will start to feel their whole body relax and maybe even their thoughts calm down. Taking really concrete physical steps like that just induces relaxation. So it's not even something where you have to worry like, am I relaxed enough? But it's more just like, do these three things, head suspended from above, shoulders relaxed down, feel your breath, do it like a few times, and then you start to relax. It's as simple as that. You know, it's interesting when I saw this tip, relax, aware, listen, I saw kind of a connection between relaxing and awareness because When I think of becoming really aware, I think of being very in tune with the moment, right? Which you kind of have to be in a very relaxed state in order to do that because your defenses come down and you're not in that flight or flight or fright. Is that right? Yeah. Flight or fright. (laughs) No, fright or flight. Y'all know what I'm trying to say here. You're not in this super high tense anxiety. Your defenses are down so you can be aware. So conceptualizing the difference between relaxing and awareness. I don't know, Ashley, can you help me out? Yeah, I love how you said that because I think typically people will think of them as opposite. Like when I'm a relaxed, I don't want to think about anything. I don't want to try and focus on anything. Or when I'm aware, I'm really tense and like seriously attuned to whatever is going on around me. But what you're saying, I think, is what we're trying to get at, which is it takes a balance. You know, you're going to be more you're going to be better at being aware of what's going on around you and within you if you're relaxed. Because the tenser you are, the more difficult it's going to be to be fluid and flexible in an interaction or conversation. You know, we don't want to be rigid because the more open we are, the more we're able to kind of go with the flow of whatever is happening, which oftentimes allows you to be more in sync. Now, as many of you know, I studied mental health counseling in school. And I remember one of the biggest things that they taught us was listening. We have to listen. We have to listen. And y'all, that's a skill set. I think we're naturally wired as humans to be responding and reacting to things. So listening, any tips there? Yeah, I think it takes practice. Um, And in a way, it seems like you said, like it should just be just listen. What's the big deal? But with this awareness that Ashley was talking about, Next time you're talking with a friend, try to really listen and pay attention to what they're saying and, you know, their facial expression, their body language. And probably like 99% of us are going to find that our attention drifts. You know, you think to yourself, oh, shoot, I had to get that at the grocery store or I'm so stressed about this email I just got or something. So inevitably, your attention is going to drift. And then try to take a breath again and then redirect your attention back to the other person. And I think it's going to, it's a process of, paying attention, listening, getting distracted. And then as we say, beginning again and trying to bring your focus back to the other person. And I think if you practice that and make it a kind of incorporated into your routine, especially with the more 
substantive conversations you have with people, you can get better at it. You can develop it like the way you develop a muscle. If you follow anything on mental health online, you know that connection gets brought up on the regular. It might seem obvious why connection would matter with mental health, but I was curious what these two researchers see as the link between meaningful relationships and, yeah, our happy brain. Well, we're social beings. Um, we're just inherently social. I mean, there's variability among people and some people are more extroverted, some people are more introverted and so on. Ultimately, we all need some connection in our life. And I think in terms of what you're talking about, resilience, I think a big part of that is having a network, having connections, having quality connections, more than just superficial people you say hi to. And I think some research has shown that even you don't necessarily need to be an extrovert. You don't need to have thousands of friends on Facebook or, you know, be the president of your fraternity, even like one or two or three, like really, really quality connections can really boast, bolster your resilience. Big thank you to Ashley and Ted for coming on today's episode. Make sure you connect with them by their book at missingeachother.com. That is linked in the show notes. But before we go on the topic of connection, meaningful relationships, anything else? Um, I would recommend emphasizing the importance of daily practice on some of these skills because relying on these skills when we really need them is very difficult. If you're in a stressful situation or in a stressful conversation, it's going to be hard to have the focus and, and capacity to utilize some of these skills. But if you're able to practice them daily and build that kind of muscle memory, you'll be able to pull on it much more easily. Although we talk about connection a lot in terms of close relationships, friendships, partnerships, and so on, it can really be, be having a capacity to connect well can help you in so many areas of life, um, even in work life. It makes you more effective. If you can really connect and communicate effectively, then your message is going to come across more effectively and you're going to be able to hear the other person more effectively. So it's just something that can really improve the quality of your life all around. Well, y'all are ready for a well-attuned chat, aren't you? Remember, ask yourself, am I relaxed? Am I aware? Am I listening? It's simple, y'all. It's simple. Listen, friends, whether you decide to use rejection as your therapy, hang out with a mental health comedian, or follow the simple guidelines of relaxing awareness and listening for a more well-attuned chat, we hope you take just a moment for yourself today and keep that brain of yours happy. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. Happy.